What up? What up? Good evening. How y'all feeling? This is Pastor Todd for Religiously Incorrect Podcast. Y'all know what it is. It's Sunday night service. I see you tuning in. I see you logging on. Make sure you like, share, and comment. Tap in, say hello, say good evening, say what's up. I know you're not watching the BET Awards because you are saints. You are, (laughs) is it the BET Awards? Something's on tonight. Whatever it is, you're not watching it because you are tuned in. Right Sunday night service, and we got my man, my brother, my my my, my pastor. We go way back, <laughs> way back, way back, like midnight musicals. Yeah, <laughs> Pastor Kent Barnes is our guest host tonight. I want all y'all to give it up for Pastor Kent Barnes. So good to have you, my friend. Glad to be here, man. I'm excited. Um, I'm just excited to be here with you, man. I'm ex- ready to have some fun, man. Pastor Jeff is out with monkeypox, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, no, he's on. He he is on vacation with his family. Have a good time taking man. their end of summer vacation. So uh, best uh, wishes to Pastor Jeff. He might even pop on here and, and comment some some craziness. But you just I, wanted somebody bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I said we need another bald. <laughs> we need to keep them domes going on. But uh, but yeah, we had to lower Pastor Jeff's chair. We had a high chair right. in here. <laughs> But no, we love Pastor Stanford. Hey, Elder Carter, good to see you. God bless you. Uh, to all of you tuning in again, say hey. Don't be lurkers. Be, let, let's participate. Yeah. Don't just spectate. That's what we used to say in yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just spectate. Participate. Participate. <laughs> but but hey, we're here uh, with Religiously Incorrect, brought to you by Phillips Care Cleaning. They are the proud owners of High Street Fitness in Cortland, Ohio. My man, Mike Phillips, former high school and college football star. Yes, sir. Right here from the Warren area. He is running a special. Now, when we first started this, it was a New Year's special. Then it was an Easter special. Then it was a summer special. <laughs> now we're on a Halloween special. special. So get your get listen. If you try to wear one of them sexy Halloween costumes, <laughs> this year they might even have sexy disciples. Who knows? <laughs> if you want to get right before candy season hits and Thanksgiving season hits, hit there up the High Street Fitness. They will get you right and take care of you. And we're so grateful that to, to have them. Hey, uh, Pastor Kent, we always start off with a little subject and the word of the day, the story of the week is Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Hey, hey, mama. Hey, hey, mama. Both your sons are in one place. Right. It's going to be something tonight. It's going to be something tonight. (laughs) Old Uncle Joe. It has come through. He's come through. Finally. Student loan forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness is here. And and the world... uh, it's all over the place. So just to be clear, he's got a $10,000 loan forgiveness. He's got a $20,000 loan forgiveness for those that had Pell Grants. Mm. And then they've made some policy changes to sort of cap repayment plans and all. And here's the wild spectrum, Pastor Kenton. We have both been through the college yes. gauntlet, yes. the college debt yes. issue. Yes. And we have some people saying on one hand, it's not enough. Uncle Joe should have wiped out everybody's debt, whether it's 50, 100, 150, 200, wiped it all out. Then you got other folk that say you shouldn't have done it at all. I went to college. I paid for mine. Right. You're making the plumbers and the garbage men. Or I just paid mine off. Right. I just paid mine off. And you're making the real everyday Americans 
pay off. And they, they, they joke about it. what's the guy from Florida, the gender studies degree and the Harvard <laughs> degrees. Yeah. So what's your take on this as a college student, a, a debt carrier? We've all been there. How do you yeah. feel? I feel like I'm, I'm just grateful for anything. I mean, I'm still uh, paying for my student loans and uh, my wife as well. Um, but I'm, I'm just grateful for anything. I'm not on the side of, well, you know, you shouldn't have done this or, you know, if it was a thousand, you know, that's one thousand. I don't have to pay. That's it. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Right. You know? So I'm grateful for what he's doing. Would it have been better if he would have paid them all off? Yeah. But what other you know, consequences would that have brought with it? You right. know, so where I am, is I'm, I'm grateful for the 10 or the 20,000, whatever, whatever I qualify for. I mean, I, I've been there. I paid off my student loans and, and, and I didn't pay them off. I want to be very clear here. I didn't just pay them off. I've been through deferrals, yes. defaults. They took my taxes a couple of years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even know they were going to do, that, do that, that stuff. Man, I'm like, yeah, we're getting our return back. They said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, well, let, listen, track it down. Track it down. Right. They we said, sh- it's gone, bro. We tried to do a waiver. We oh, tried to do all man, that. It, it was, didn't work. It did not work. But I know the hardship of it. I'm paying for my MDiv right now, trying to take that next level and trying to sort of squeak away at the balance. Listen, I'm going to start signing up for church scholarships. Yes. The stuff they do for seniors. Please, brother. African-American <laughs> achievers. Something, I'm, something. I'm coming. You, UNCF. All of it. I'm coming for you. But- some help is better than no help, period. And on the side of those people, uh, Elder Carter, who say, well, I paid for mine. Mm-hmm. Some of these people and especially older generations. Yeah. Man, college was like three hundred dollars. Period. Back in the sixties and seventies, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> you could, you know, some you of could work at McDonald's. Eighty thousand. And pay off school. Period. At Back the in the time. 60s and 70s and, and 80s. And by the way, and, and gas was 59 cents. Period. And houses were $1,000. And if, you're, if you still have student loans back then, that's a shame. There's something wrong with you. Something's wrong. Something's we need another class. You need to get off that crack. Right. <laughs> That's what you need. You are not a tither. You're, you're not a tither. <laughs> but, but for those of us who lived, especially many first-generation black families, yeah. our parents really wanted to see us succeed. Absolutely. Get it was what a they couldn't get. We were first generation college students and a yep. lot of our families and they were pushing it heavy in the 90s and the 2000s. Our year. We were going to school not even knowing what we really wanted to do. Not at all. And 18 years old mm-hmm. signing up for degrees that would cost us 60 and 80 and $90,000 if our we got done. Care. Go. Yeah, they, get out. <laughs> get your schooling. Delmar was like, get out. Get, get out. Go. Get your Bye. education. Exactly. Don't come back. Don't come back. And to be honest, we had no idea going into it that this debt was going to travel with us like this. We yes. were just glad to be in a class. We weren't even thinking about. No, it made us what feel happened later. successful that oh, I'm in college. And even while we were in and we've been to this journey, some of us have gone back as adults. You know, as ourselves. I have. The way things have elevated even in oh, that time man. span. Man. We were going from 3,000 a semester to seven and eight. Thousand a semester, and it's going higher. And when you think economically, you know, if we really want to free up people to have the buying power and the ability to buy that home, get yes. that American dream, yes. there are a lot of people. I was blessed uh, because certain circumstances, and a part of that is living in Warren and houses are cheap mm-hmm. to go ahead and buy a house as a young man. Mm-hmm. But so many people were kept from even starting their lives. Period. Starting a family can't even buy a car because of student debt, mm-hmm. and you you can't even die and outlive student. You can't bankrupt it. You know, you, you it can't be. So this is a game changer. It is. And and to my people who say it's not enough, like you said, Pastor Kent, there is only so much anybody can do for you. Period. And, and, and I will agree with 
uh, those who are on the side of not wanting it to happen a little bit to the point of there are some people who have made a career out of going to college. Yeah. yeah I got right. some family members you're right. who, listen, as long do. as I stay in this joint, we all do. I don't have to pay nothing. Right. Or they really were chasing idealism besides reality. Some of these Correct. degrees were not really going to lead you nowhere. Right. I mean, how you've been a psychologist? Yeah. Right. Exactly. 18 years. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what are you going to do being like a, 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 a panda gynecologist? <laughs> right. What are you, what are you, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, so there is something to be said about people. Something has to be on you if you want to go that extra mile. Absolutely. But for people, like you said, at the ten and twenty thousand uh, dollar level, that basic degree, because that's what it basically yeah. works out to the basic part of your degree. Exactly. That to me is a fair deal. Yeah, that's a fair deal. And let's not even bring into it. Pastor Stanford, good to see you. Hey, man, good to see you on a hey, come back with a tan dot. <laughs> a whole Brazilian wax. Bless you, man. <laughs> come back. Taller. But, right. <laughs> Love you, man. Enjoy yourself. He go, he go pop in here. Uh, but what I was going to say is and the people who are against it, let's not forget. Many of these are the same people who've gotten PPP loans. Hello. Bailouts for the auto industry. Mm-hmm. You know, all types of access to tax breaks and other advantages that only the rich, the mm-hmm. well off, the right. well connected. Yeah. And we have congressmen in the White House was calling them out on Twitter. Oh. They said, I know you're not saying when you'd had a two hundred thousand dollar PPP loan forgiven. Mm. You know, and, and, and I had a or business. More. I had a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church has a daycare. We didn't do the PPP right. just not because we're better than anybody else, but no. because it didn't fit our situation. Right. And so I could make the same argument. Why should I pay as a taxpayer mm-hmm. for somebody who didn't manage their payroll right. through the pandemic? Right. Like we did. So so I don't know what to do with those individuals who just want nothing for those who are not as well off. Right. You know, and I don't know what to say to them. Yeah. Uh I respect the views of the hardworking individuals and maybe life worked out for you that way. But if we really want to see America prosper, I think you need to give some people a leg up. And we all know this isn't the end. No, a lot of no. folks are still going to have loans. Oh, absolutely. You know, about this, this I mean, be- I'm, I'm grateful, but that doesn't put a dent into what I have, you know, and you know, my wife and I, ours, ours are way up there, but yeah. you know, I'm grateful for it, but, I mean, Lord have mercy. You got more work to do. Oh, my yeah. goodness. There's yes, going to be sir. some buy here, pay here colleges. And JD, JD Byer out of university. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, we want the debate, you know, the, the debate, excuse me, is going to keep going. Ask Bishop Paramore, does it wipe away my Bradley Bible scout? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, first of all, Bishop has automatic debit, so he's going to get it one way or another. It's going to take it out of your tides. Doesn't wipe away my Bradley Bible College debt. I love it. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him to see what he says. We'll see what Bishop says. Uh, Cynthia Hill said, student loan forgiveness is wonderful. Only those who qualify will receive it, and we should do what we can to help everyone in need. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I yeah, agree as well. I agree. So, Rosetta, Elder Carter, are you saying, oh, oh, she's talking about Bradley Bible debt. She had to pay hers. <laughs> oh, First of all, Bishop Paramore is a gangster. So, <laughs> you're going to pay. So you're going to pay. <laughs> so, you tell him I said it. He's, he's, a, he's a gangster and he knows it. And, and he's going to get his money. Nina O'Brien. <laughs> right. It's like Frank Lucas. Up yeah. here. Up here. Sure. <laughs> 
She getting that, brother. He's a Frank Lucas a bishop in the, in the Lord's church. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Rosetta, I'm sorry. Uh, you're just not going to qualify. Uncle Joe is not going to be able to help you out. But uh, the rest of y'all, you know, God bless you. So, hey, I know the debate's going to keep raging. But if I were in a spot where I needed that help, I would gladly take it. And even though I'm not at this moment, I'm glad somebody else can. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad somebody else can, you know, and, and if we could talk a whole nother uh, <laughs> Tatum. Pastor Tatum says, I still owe them a kidney and a part of my lung. <laughs> Listen, you go down to Brazil, they can make that happen. You go, <laughs> you go down to Honduras, they will, <laughs> they will get that. Under a thousand. Under a thousand. <laughs> but, but, and you know, we, we could go on for it, but I don't want to, even the biblical arguments that have come about. Yeah. Because our faith is about debts being paid. Yeah, it is. And some one guy actually said, well, that cheapens the gospel by comparing school loans to, you know, the, the, the debt of our sin being paid. Now, it's obviously not a direct comparison, no, it's not a but direct it's a comparison. principle. It is that. How can you say you received applied. the mercy of God and, and even a jubilee? You know, the, 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 the Jewish tradition of Jubilee mm-hmm. in, in ancient Israel. You know, how can we read this and preach this and talk this and then be mad when someone else? actually experiences a, a jubilee of their own. So Jimmy Davis wants to know, do they take EBT? <laughs> well, not today they don't, because I heard all the machines were down in Ohio and, and they are really? they are cutting up. Wow. They are cutting up in the stores. I heard EBT is down oh, boy. in Ohio. So uh, those of you that just bought some stamps off the girl around the corner, <laughs> you had a luck. You had a luck. <laughs> well, y'all know what time it is. It's time, Pastor what we call meme of the week. All right. Meme of the week. Meme of the week. Welcome to Religiously Incorrect, ladies and gentlemen. Meme of the week. Meme of the week. Thank you. Send us your memes of the week. Meme of the week. These are all jokes. We are just playing. All right, what you got, Big Mike? You can't stack up with the devil <laughs> and expect God to pay the rent. First of all, I'm pretty sure I heard this at Elder Sheely's church when I was growing up from the church mothers. Uh, but who is that? That's the lady from uh, Sanford and Sanford Son. Sanford and Son. On Esther. On Esther. Looking like a church every mother. Every church mother you when we was young. Right. Every church mother <laughs> with mints in her purse. Exactly. That she would not share. <laughs> that she would not share. <laughs> and gum with, with gum with lint stuck to it. Lint. You know. Uh, you can't shack up with the devil. And if, you know what? This actually, as funny as it is, it's probably one of the most uh, appropriate and on time cliches. It is. Because this is how people live now. It is. This is our generation. It is. Unfortunately. We're like, hey, I want to do my thing, Mm -hmm. live the way I want, Mm -hmm. but I want God to bless me. Period. And I want the church to pay for me. Yeah. You know. You know, I want you. I want no you responsibility teach. or accountability. Elder <laughs> Carter said, "I had mints in my purse today." <laughs> did you That's share? Something. Did you share something? I didn't see her sharing none. She was sitting in the front. I, I didn't see her sharing. And then they'll talk about folks that breaths. Right, right, and talk about. She can't pray for me today. Right. Yeah, you can't shack up. But, but Elder Sheelyism, actually, his was. Fernando knows this. You can't live wrong and die right. It's true. You can't, you can't live wrong and die right. You know, I don't know if there's a right way to die, but you can't live wrong 
and die right. But yes. you know, I, I love that meme, Mike. You, you want to change shackle with the devil and expect God to pay it's the rent. True. That that's absolutely true. And 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 that's where we're at in society. I don't like to call it godless. It's not a godless society, but it's a bunch of gods that I haven't met before. Well, yeah, it's 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 like the scripture says, you know, there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph or Joseph's God. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's really where we are, man. It, it's it's like they have turned a deaf ear to what we know is right as a foundation. Right. You know what right. I mean? And it's like now all of a sudden we have all of these other concepts and things like that. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it and makes our job. It, even it makes more our difficult. job even more difficult because there's so much confusion and, yeah. and conflict and people, they literally all have a God of their own imagination and preference. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the God I want to serve. Mm-hmm. I don't want to serve. And again, I'm not trying to be dogmatic and push down on you on my personal opinion, but when we can't even agree on basic concepts of morality and goodness, Essentials. Yeah, something, something's wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I've talked frequently about what I call the death of goodness. Mm. Almost to the point to where not not only do we not want to be good and do what is right and good, but we don't want to believe anybody else can be right because it absolves us. Right. So everybody's crooked. Everybody's a it's undercover. That, it's, that, it's that, you know, ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. You all got skeletons in your closet. And then they apply every scandal to us, you know, as pastors, you know. Every time somebody mess up or they do something, you know, oh, I knew all of y'all was crooked. And it's like, what are you talking I about? I said today, I said today, people are so obsessed with negativity. If somebody got on Facebook right now and said, Pastor Todd just punched my grandma in the face, you would tweet from your pew. But here's the, the problem. And say, I knew it. Here's the problem. I knew, <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it. And they would be at church. It on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It is something about him. I told you. So. So, yeah, that weirdness, man, it's it's it is. Weird. It's making it hard. I really do. I'm, I'm more of like the hot and cold scripture now. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what? If Luke you don't Warren. believe in Christianity at all, then just go be what you're going to be, because claiming something. That's the part. That's the problem. I'm, I'm fine if you just a straight center. You won't be a whole. Go be a whole. Knock yourself out. Knock yourself but don't out. be like, hey, I'm, I, I know the Lord. I know God. We got to understand. You, we got to understand. <laughs> Can't nobody. What's understood don't need to be explained. (laughs) Like I'm preaching something wrong. Hey, I had a church mother once. Before we get to the subject, I had a church mother once that started a Facebook page, and she was well into her 80s. And under uh, under relationship, she put it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) With who? Mother got different diggers right, coming right, over. Right. <laughs> this one got the grass. How, <laughs> how many trustees are you making greens for? <laughs> this is what I want to know. <laughs> how many hog moths are you making? <laughs> right. This is hilarious. And who? <laughs> right. And for who? All right. We got to thank our sponsors for the Phillips Care family of businesses. Phillips Care cleaning service. We're going to make it quick. Call my man, Fernando. It's so much more than cleaning, but they do carpet cleaning, commercial, residential, move in, move out, maintenance. If you need it done, call them, take care of them. And while you're at it, leaves are falling, grass is still growing. Call Phillips Care Lawn Services. They've been in business for over a decade. You can look them up on Facebook at Phillips Care LLC or call my man Fernando at 330-219-7916. Tell him Religiously Incorrect sent you. You will not get a discount, but he will say thank you. So 
Look them up. Thank our sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect, always check us out by sending us an email at religiouslyincorrectpodcast at gmail.com, and we would appreciate it. So Pastor Ken is our guest host for everyone tuning in. Make sure you like, share, comment. I saw you, Sister Johnson. I saw. I know someone who passed it on the altar to get away from bad breath. Yeah. Oh, we've all done it. We've all done it before. And I want to make something normal, man. Can we normalize getting rid of this discount mentality for us. How are we supposed to be successful tell it, in tell it. business, tell it. even as a people, if we always have to give out this and that? You going to hook me up, bro? You, you going to hook me up? It, it even comes into the church. You oh, know? yeah. I want to hook up. Give me some change back. Bless me. Help. All right. What are you talking about? I've never seen a white church get change never. out the offering. Hey, 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 give me a break. Break that for me. Break, <laughs> break that. <this>. What? <laughs> Another session, another session. But I just want to normalize getting rid of, especially when we support black business. She said, just say you're broke. Let's just stop (laughs) saying, you know, you're going to hook me up or give me the best price. No, the best price is whatever the price is. It is what it is. Absolutely. You know, and and I'm sure most of the businesses like, you know, if they're sure I can't do that, you know, they'll be open to that. And if they want to bless you. They will. They will. If they want to, you know, give you a break, they, they will. And, and, and hey, times are tough. And if we really want to see people thrive, pay the man. Well, you got to stop being the, so selfish. And, he said, just touch you know, the basket. Just, you know, help our people thrive. That's help, all help, help them. Help them. All right. Our subject tonight is start me up. Mm. Start me up. There, there are startup businesses. Mm-hmm. And then there are, we don't call them startup churches. Mm-mm. We call them church plants. Plants. A church plant. And Pastor Kent Barnes, one of the reasons he's not only a great personality uh, to be a co-host, but he is also a church planter. Mm -hmm. He and his wife, Camille, uh, planted Innovation Life Church Mm -hmm. in Canfit, Ohio, Mm -hmm. serving the Mahoning Valley. And and first of all, tell us how many years it's been Mm -hmm. and what spurred you and what motivated you uh, to be a church planter. Man, it's been five years already, man. We were in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. We did uh, Las Vegas for about two years because we were out there uh, at another church. uh, And my wife was uh, the student director, which means she was over all of the youth ministry from Mm -hmm. the babies to the college and flourished that ministry. And, you know, we were really, really in prayer. We always knew that we would pastor um, and... We always knew that that would be down the line, you know, but we just never knew when it was, right. you know, I mean, and, and when we were there in Las Vegas, you know, we were praying and asking God, we started to feel that it was time for transition, man. And, you know, we just felt like, you know, this is, this is the will of the Lord for us. You know what I mean? And we didn't leave Las Vegas because we had to, we just left because we felt that it was the call of God to come home and to dig some wells, man, and really be a blessing to to home, you know wow. what I mean? Wow. Um, we wanted to come and make a difference. Uh, nothing against any other church. We didn't try to come home to outdo anybody or anything like that. But we felt that what we had, the call of God on our life was to bless home. Um, and we came home, man. And um, I, I told my wife, we were still in Las Vegas, man. And I said, you know, God is calling us home to pastor. And she never challenged me. She wow. never said, you know, are you out of your mind? She said, if that's what God is saying to you, I'm going with you. You know, I'm going to go with you. So I'm grateful to have a wife like that. She right, never challenged right, me right. Uh, on anything. So she made it very easy. And, you know, it was weeks, you know, um, 
packed up everything. And I thought, because when we moved out there, I drove, brother, from Youngstown to Las Vegas, a U-Haul, hmm. all 35 hours. God bless you, sir. So I said, never again. Right. Never. So, and the Lord fixed me. <laughs> and so I said, oh, the next time we come home, I'm paying for this. Somebody mm-hmm. going to take all of this stuff home. And so I got quoted one price. The guy got to the house and said, it's going to be like $2,000 more. I said, brother, I don't have that. What's wrong with you? So my wife is, she's very, very solutionary. So she's like, all right, let's call. I said, wait a minute. I want to be angry for a minute. Right. Yeah, right. I want to be let mad. Me let me this. be mad. No, she, she planned everything out, man. We drove, my wife drove her car. With two babies. My kids were babies. Right, right. And she drove in front of me. I drove the, the Penske truck. You know, we took the top route through Colorado. This is the top of winter. Now I get all of the persecution of people saying, what's wrong with you? Why would you put your family through all of this? I didn't have any money, man. I didn't have any any support because every, I didn't tell a lot of people. You know, right. all I had was a word from God now. And I'm thinking like, okay, God, I, I mean, how am I going to do this? Right. I mean, when I tell you I didn't have any money, people began to sow. We put a video up on Instagram. I didn't even like Instagram. Right. And people began to sow. And that's how we got home. So God provided the way. But I was very leery because my wife had never drawn cross country like that. Mm. But, you know, she likes for me to give her her credit. She did it. You she, know, she made it happen. She made it happen. She was she was she was managing two babies in the backseat car seats. And we had just gotten her. That's an anointing. Period. Traveling with kids. <laughs> Is a gift from the Lord. Turning on DVDs, listen, changing bottles, listen, and, you know, and you need the spirit for that, man. What you talking about? And I a long belt, it. an extra long belt from the man. big and tall store. So she's we're driving. Well, first thing is we got stuck two days in Utah because we're at the top of winter. Wow! And it was an ice storm, so we had to wait. And I mean, it was a journey. You know, long story short, we get home, um, and it was. It was amazing for us. I was just excited, you know what I mean, yeah. because we got a chance to launch and and plant a ministry and and see what God had within us. So that it was a it was a wonderful wonderful. It's been a wonderful journey, man. So yes, it's been 5 years since we planted Innovation Life Church. And I'll tell you how Innovation Life Church came because it's not the normal church name, right? Right. Um, it's not. We 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 got married in 2008 and we would have what we call vision sessions. We would just talk about the future and things like that. We knew we were going to pastor, but we said way way down the road. And so we would say, maybe it's going to be like, you know, Greater Mount Calvary or something like that. You know, my, my wife's father was an incredible, um, incredible pastor, incredible bishop, oh, yes. incredible Christian icon, Bishop Norman L. Wagner. Yes, sir. And so with his passing, it changed a lot of things. So we would just talk and say, well, maybe it's going to be, you know, uh, Greater New Harvest or something like that. And in one of those sessions, uh, innovation came out of my wife's mouth and Life Church came out of mine. He said, oh, my God, what is that? And so over the years, we would write it down and right. we would talk about it. And we didn't know what it was. And then when we were in Las Vegas, um, the Lord said to us, Innovation Life Church now. And I said, man, what, what, I mean, what, what do you mean, Lord? I mean, how, how are we going to do that? You right. know, it's like going home. It's like, well, we just left two years ago. And why would we do that? And just do it now. That's all I had. And so we came in and we started in Austin Town at the high school. And the Lord blessed there. But. I forgot that during the summers, the schools are closed. So what are you going to do? Right. You right. know? And so my wife was on me. You need to call around. I said, don't nobody do that around here. Right. You know, right. home, you know. Right. But, you know, I felt like Abraham, you know, the Lord said, listen to Sarah, brother. Listen to Sarah. Listen. listen to her. Y- y'all hearing this word today? Listen to Sarah. Listen to Sarah. So I called a wonderful friend of mine, a wonderful pastor, Pastor Jonathan Moore, and 
we, he was the first, first person we called and he was like, we would love to, you know, partner with you during this time. And it's, it's been history ever since. That's amazing. It's wonderful. That, that, that's amazing. And, and church planting takes a different level and measure of faith oh than God. it does. Now, there are challenges, and I know about them, with accepting a call to an established yes. church. Yes. There is so many unknowns and, and mm-hmm. so many uh, entrenched, you know, obstacles and oh, challenges. Man. But to plant is, is is a whole nother beast, you know, to start from, from scratch. Now the church I was raised in agape was yes. a church plant. Yes. And the funny thing I learned about church plants is that some of them, and the one I was raised in for a long time, it may never stop feeling like a church plant. Right. It becomes evident yeah. that it was a planted church. Cause there are so many transitions mm-hmm. that can occur now on a name. I love that you guys came together and God led you together mm-hmm. on a name. I personally would have preferred, you know, a Mount Mariah third yeah. Baptist <laughs> by the side of the tracks in the holy anointed holies of holies <laughs> apostolic ministry. Yeah. But innovation life is good enough. <laughs> And you know, that's the old school trick when you kept saying greater because, man, we sure do love to make put greater, greater on stuff. Greater. Like, if you're the Second Baptist Church, I'm the greater, greater Second, Second Baptist, Baptist Church. A house of hope. A house of hope. Greater house of hope. <laughs> we got we more hope better than you. We got more hope than you do. Right. Uh, but but well, I want to talk about the, 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 the good parts, first of all. Okay. What joys. And excitements, and I see some. And I'll, honestly, I told my buddy Joe Walker uh, one time we were mm-hmm. talking because they planted he and Lady Kim yes. Restoration Christian Fellowship. Great and church. I said the benefit you have is you get to mold from the infancy mm-hmm. what you want the culture and the feel and the flow mm-hmm. to be like. And I've come up under my father in a church that was already established. Yes. And now I'm the pastor at Second, which obviously long legacy and heritage, a mm-hmm. lot of changes. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about being able to set the tone? I mean, from the very first service saying, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Talk about that process. And then how do people receive that? Mm-hmm. And how do they work with that? It's a great joy because you get to, you get to build it like God gives you without mm. the red tape. Right. That's good. But the first thing you have to do is it's it's a whole faith walk to believe in yourself that you can do this, because when you're planning a church, we're, we're not talking about something that we went to school for to learn how to do. Right. You know, it's a scary thing to plant a church in soil that's familiar, but you've never worked this garden from this perspective. Wow. Right? Wow. Wow. You know, so you got to believe in yourself that you can do it. But it's a joy being able to being able to establish the culture that God wants for this particular area of the garden. Right. 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 So it, it's it's awesome being able to see what we want to change and what we want to keep. Innovation Life Church, when you think of that, you probably think of, you know, it's going to be a church where you just go to church on computers all day. Right, right. But what we've really focused Cyber on is church. really balance, man. Okay. You know, we don't get rid of all of the hymns and things of that nature. You know, I still wear robes and things like that. So it's almost a culture shop when you come in because Listen, this brother church. got some robes. This brother got some. <laughs> he, could, he could pass at the Vatican. He could, he could get in line with the Cardinals. I, I tuned in one time and I said... Is this cat from Zamunda? What is? <laughs> but but I love it. I, I love about you know the balance that balance, church man. plant and even the name and what people think of comes with innovation. That you are intentional about 
giving both sides because religion is different than any other entity. It's it not is. like a business. It is. You're standing on 2000. And if you go beyond that, thousands of years of religious history through Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. values and history. Exactly. And then you're also at the same time pushing into the future of what will be and what it, God mm-hmm. is saying now. Established. And yes, there's a song of the Lord. There's a CCM style. There are all the things that we are familiar with. Mm-hmm. But we're also standing on the shoulders of hymns, yes. red carpet, yeah, you man. know, communion tables. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do you find your spot, it's, especially it's balance, in man. the black community yeah. where Unless you are in very metropolitan or you just kind of hit a slick place, maybe a personality really hits. Church plants don't go over the same. Oh, no. no none of and, them are really the same. And I, I would almost go as far to say as there's not even a template for it. You know, sometimes we feel like, OK, we can do it this way, that way. And to me, it, there's not a template because every church has a different assignment, in my opinion. So it's, yeah. it's very challenging when you try to duplicate something that is not duplicatable. You know? Right. Right. Um, but, you know, we tried to do uh, a, a great balance and that's trial and error, man. Yeah. Because sometimes you have to see that ain't going to work here, you know, and th- th- that's the challenge side of, you know, you get some people that want it to be just CCM. Yes. Then you get yes. other people that just want it to be, you know, just hymns yeah. all day. So, church, you know, church me to we death. try to re, re, rediscover uh, our tagline, so to speak, is rediscover life through innovation. Hmm. So we like to what we like to do is just give a whole balance. We're never going to be all CCM and then all hymns. We try to do both because we wanted it to be multicultural as well. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, a, a Caucasian uh, individual that's coming, they're not going to understand, you know, our version of Precious Lord. You know, oh, they're going to think we hollering and we're going right, to right. you know? die? Like, oh my God. Right, right. You right. Know, so it's like, you know, you, but <laughs> what I've learned to do, I, I can't change my authenticity. Right. You know, um, so, and I think that's a challenge that we have is we make our service presentation more comfortable for the people and it, it makes God uncomfortable. Because we're uh, not being authentically who he made us and created us to be. I have to. Now, it's nothing wrong with editing how you do a thing without altering it. You right, know what I'm saying? right, right. I'm never going to try to be Pastor Todd. That's not who I am. Neither are you going to try to be me. You know what I mean? Um, but it's neither am I going to try to be Stephen Furtick either. But that's rampant. In the church. Absolutely. See something that works for someone else Mm -hmm. and try to be that. I mean, I've watched people literally like, hey, I'm just going to get up here and say, get ready, get ready. You are not T.D. Jakes. Mm -mm. It It will never work. And and, and certain things work in different contexts, communities, denominational flavors, and just the crowd that God has sent. God has sent and assigned a group of people to you. And if he wanted to assign them to T.D. Jakes, he would have made a way for them to move to Dallas. Well, that's the whole thing, So man. that they could be there. You know, as, as pastors, we were raised under the generation that, you know, we're pastoring sheep. But, but now you got these misfits and these copies. They got lizards out there, snakes, listen, and, listen. you know, <laughs> raccoons out there. And they have nice armadillos. They, they don't, yeah, they don't know what's saying, going on. You know, so it's like you got to know the, the who you call to. There. You got to know who right. you're, you're, you're called to. And, and to plant a church, as you said, you and your wife, she was she was there to follow, to support, to push, to feed the vision. But church planting is so hard on a family, Man. so hard on a husband and wife. And, and let's just be clear, particularly in the African-American context, when our Caucasian brothers and sisters plant a church, 
They, they, they are starting staff. a minimum 25 people on they staff. 150 pre-work, all that. Salary. Listen, it's us and our kids. Brother, that is and a, and a banjo. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I believe Talk it's like about this. that. I believe when God calls an individual, especially if he's married, he calls the entire family. That's it. That's my belief. Because I have. Well, oh, that's just somebody need to hear this. Somebody need to hear this. Somebody need to hear this. So it's like God didn't just call me. Right. Called my wife and my two children. My daughter, like your daughter, does media ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my niece, she started the media ministry, uh, British Milan, and she yes. became incredible. But her life has gone to another section where I can't say you can't go to school because we're going to. No, 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 no. You got to progress. That's what they so used to she, say, though. Oh, brother, what you talking about? You was going to the lake of fire if you went to school and left your. You place don't need open. that degree. But now she's got a job and she's God is blessing her. Right. So the next person step up, you know, and we are probably the last generation of that serve generation. If we see something that's open, we go and do it. We want to learn go how serve. to. That's what she did. Right. She didn't know how to do all the things she does now. She started in the church because she saw a need, and boom. Right. But. Uh, we we as a whole family, you know, started to do different things. You know, if if my son he handles the offering, you know, uh, the bucket, you know, not the money. <laughs> you know, you're stealing, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make oh, that clear. Oh, my sticky son, fingers. Be oh, sticky fingers. You know, that brother carries a basket and you know and gives it to a family right, member, right, a family member right. in that offering room. You know, so but our kids, we teach them as as young as they are, we teach them that we are serving God's people. We are not there to be served. Wow. We let wow. our children serve in ministry and to be seen serving. You know, if, if somebody needs a plate, pick it right. up and give it right. to them. Right. We right. are a family that serves. So we we do we do it all, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm the kind of pastor that gets down in and gets dirty, man. Gets I I, I work as soon as I get to church. I don't sit down. You know, right. I just keep it going um, because I, I want to lead by example. And you do the same thing, man. More pastors than we know do so much behind the scenes. Oh, man. And sometimes right in front. I mean, there are times when I've literally in the middle of service. Oh, that camera is crooked while they're singing. Hello. I'll go down and fix it myself. Period. Make sure things are, are right. Johnson Listen, I'll plunge this toilet right yes, quick. Sir, I'm, uh, Clean the toilet. <laughs> take the trash out. Yes, sir. But, but that's what people don't see in ministry and particularly in church plants where if I walked, when I walked into Second Baptist, I was blessed. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's the, oh, that, that's, that's, that's a board. That's a committee. Mm-mm. Sister so-and-so does this. Brother, don't you worry do about everything. This. When you yeah. plant a church, yeah. you are the treasurer. You are the janitor. You are the pastor. You that's are it. the parking lot. You stuff. are the bus driver. You are and your car is the bus, by the way. Period. Your car Period. is the bus. Nothing belongs to you anymore. Right, you right, know? right. So you have to, and see, you have to be willing to do all of those things yeah. because it's almost just like in business. Your first five years, you, you putting everything in. Yes. Yeah. Putting everything yeah. in. Yeah. You're in, the, you're in, the, you're in the red. The, the, the concept is, you know, from people, I got to see how long this is going to last. Yeah. Is this a flop or is this a fluke? You know, all yes. of those. So yes. you have to be, you have to have the, 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 uh, the gusto and the goal to yeah. endure all of the persecution and all of the, cause they'll say certain things, you know, about you. And that's all a part of the territory. Mm-hmm. You have to know if you plan it in this soil, these are the, this, this is what happens. These right. are the weather conditions around yes. this soil. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it's, it's a journey. It's not all easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and and we're, we're still in our building phase and it's been five years. Yes. We haven't even touched any peaks of anything yet because we're still plowing. 
you know, right. through the field. You know what I mean? So you just have to keep moving. You got to keep working, you know, because you go through different seasons in your church. And like any other endeavor, whether it is a career path, perhaps mm-hmm. you're still an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or ch- planning a church. We sometimes get intoxicated with those isolated stories of instant success. Yep. Uh, you know, look at who blew up over in this city or yep. over here. And and that is a wonderful thing for them if that's the path that they're on. There Period. are some people who hit it. But the vast majority of mm-hmm. any quality endeavor mm-hmm. is a, a marathon. Oh, man. It, it's a long haul. And it does not mean failure. No. But 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 because we are so consumeristic and we're so instantaneous microwave generation, yeah. we have applied that yep. to the building of faith fellowships, yep. to the building of ministries that we forget that when Second Baptist Church was Shiloh Baptist Church in 19, they didn't know if they were going to make it either. Period. And when the depression hit, they didn't know if they were going to make it either. Mm-mm. And when the boys were going off the war, they didn't know if they were going to make it either. So we're standing on this. Look at how proud. But what about those days when you were fledgling, when you were uh, there was one church that they started in somebody's house, you know, exactly. and, or, or they, uh, one church started in a bank building mm-hmm. or, or daycare. And we look down on that as if that's not really the legacy of just about every great situation td wasn't always td man brother you know steven furtick wasn't right what steven furtick these r.a vernon you know they all came from somewhere but even if we don't get there and never ascend to that sort of plateau where they are because everybody's that's not everyone's calling matter of fact the vast majority of 80 to 85 percent of churches in america are 200 people or less brother if you got 100 people to 75 to be happy wonderful be be, be happy be a wonderful church And, and, and to that to that end having a church plant that is now in going on year three of a pandemic how has that benefited and how do you think that might have burdened you in some ways? Um, I don't look at it look at it as a burden because um, where we were in in Canfield, uh, that's a whole nother story. Planning there uh, in a predominantly bless you, uh, Caucasian community. Um, I thought you were gonna say KKK. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is that's the it used to be called something yeah, else. Yeah, they called know? it something. Yeah, yeah, but planting there. Uh, was was a whole different obstacle. Um, and thankfully, we have not had any uh, particular trouble or anything like that. You know, I know a lot of people were afraid of, of coming there, but God has blessed us wow. where we are. We have not had any trouble. We've had nothing but great support from Canfield. So I appreciate that. Wonderful. Um, but during the pandemic, um, we were on a, a high before the pandemic got here. And when it got here, it boom, we went down to my wife and my kids and a musician. Wow. And I was preaching to a phone wow. Wow. for a year. And, and leading worship yourself. Leading worship yes. myself. Yes. Um, opening up, doing everything, preaching still. I never stopped. Right. I, I was I used wisdom and I we, we shut the church down, but the, it was never closed. Right. So we kept going and kept going, and whoever wanted to come could come and they were, you know, spaced out and everything like that. But that basically created an avenue. Now we have parishioners and members out of state. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they they are tithers, they are givers, and they are there on Bible class. See, actually, we were already prepared for the pandemic. Because we were already technologically. We were already technologically. Because our Bible study 
we had never used a Bible study for building. You know, I you mean, had, we, we were already doing building. it online. We were already we were always wow. already online. So we were already prepared for it, but we were not prepared for the, uh, some of the key people not to return. Right. Because of fear. Right. So one of the challenges that you have, even as a pastor, but especially as a pastor that plants is managing the expectation with people's growth pattern hmm. and managing yeah. Yeah. the the waiting on people to grow up yes. and grow through their issues. Right. You have to be patient with that. You don't right. have a choice. Right. Right. That's who you got. Because that's who you yeah. have. Yeah. You know, so if a person is upset about this, you have to manage that, you know, successfully. You don't get the luxury of going off on people like that. You can't, you know, because who you have is who you have. You right. can't mess up, you know, or, or scold this sheep. Right. That they go. And church plants, unfortunately, like, you know, you get those non-denominational churches, you know, years yeah. ago into this. They attract people that may have fallen out in other atmospheres. Well, that's the whole thing. Tend to hop around and look for the next and newest thing or have not had the, as you said, the foundational maturity, the development to endure. And by the way, because it's a church plant, there are certain challenges that are going to come that they might not be prepared to endure mm-hmm. certain amenities that aren't offered that, that, Hey, I, we can't do all of this. We can't do a full-time children's church. We can't do all of this. We're still planting right now. Right. And we're not able to do it. Getting people to understand that. Right. To understand well. that. And, and like, Hey, if, if you come help me build it, we can have well, this. But if thing. you're just walking in, talk about where is it? It's hard to find people that understand yeah. where you are as a plant that you're planting and you're building and you're plowing instead of wanting but to people come would rather I, I would often say about finance uh, when it comes to when we look at successful ministries versus uh, and, and no disrespect to anyone but versus the church where you're always getting enough to take an offering for the gas bill and then you oh. wonder why they're going to the mega church I often say people would rather pile on than dig out absolutely now in your case I would say people would rather pluck than plant mm-hmm. if the tree is already full mm-hmm. if all the amenities are already there even if there's a calling and they know there's a need in their community, mm-hmm. the idea of doing the hard work where there is more for you to contribute than to consume. Right. There are not, you know, because we are a consumeristic. Absolutely. You know, uh, more than ever because of it used to be if you lived on the west side of Warren, mm-hmm. you have four church choices. Period. And you're either going to be Kojic, Baptist, <laughs> that one other Baptist, or, you know, or AME. But now, not only do we have a proliferation of churches, but now with social media, with the Internet, people can be your pastor. And it's a good thing, but you are actually pastoring these people. They're not yeah. just consuming your messages right. in a 10-minute clip or whatever. Now, what I'd like to... Uh, hit is Scott's question. One of our regular uh, watches, which I okay. is, is great to tap into because there are people who plant for the wrong reasons. Yes. And there are differences between an organic is what he's asking about, Mike, mm-hmm. an organic church split. OK. Uh, excuse me, organic church plant. Yeah. And a church split. Now, mm. several, including second, had several churches, at least one prominent Baptist church split off from our church wow. due to issues that existed in that time. And we're mm-hmm. talking decades and decades ago. Now, I'm sure that now that church doesn't see it that way, right? But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. There, there was something that occurred, mm-hmm. something that happened. So now another church exists, right? Now, and there are churches that intentionally plant 
Right. And say there's a need on the other side of Dallas. Right. There's a need right. uh, that, that the, all these people are driving over or yeah. this neighborhood. They have multiple locations. Uh, yeah, or this, this neighborhood. And we're going to release this minister and the team and those who might oh. go with them and it's done uh, right. to support. So talk about the difference there between an organic church plant, which I consider you not necessarily yeah. check planted by someone else, mm-hmm. but your plant was organic in its spiritual nature mm-hmm. versus I'm mad, mm-hmm. you know, which you, you, you came from. Yeah, the Calvary family, you and Absolutely, your wife, you, yeah. you could have just said, hey, I'm going to go start Greater Mount Calvary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the other, you know, I'm going to go. Right. Talk about the difference in that and maybe even the perception that might exist because you do have so many connections here. Right. Because we uh, I'm I'm originally from Warren mm-hmm. uh, and a very prominent family in church here in Warren. I'm glad you ain't in Warren, Doc. Cause you- <laughs> You know, my dad's a pastor oh, here. Yes. All of my uncles, uncles are pastors, you know, cousins, here. Nieces, I was raised nephews, here. The dog. Oh, Church is all we know. Right. But my wife's family, a very prominent family in Youngstown and all around the world. Um, and so we followed the leading of the Lord. Um, but there was a stigma that said, well, you know, you should have did this and should have done that. But they didn't understand that uh, Pastor Tyson, who pastors Mount Calvary Church now, we have an incredible relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, well aware of what we were doing and then great support. Uh, matter of fact, he was just with us for my 40th birthday yes, yes. Uh, celebration. Uh, so we were in uh, agreement uh, with each other as well. So we were very, very organic. Um, now, I, it, it is no secret. Everybody wasn't happy or excited about it, but exactly. we still had to follow what God was telling us. Right. You know, sometimes it takes people a while to catch up to whatever you're doing. And, uh, and another thing is a lot of times when God is telling us to do certain things. We quit. Mm. We quit too early. Mm. We quit prematurely because it didn't work the way we thought it was going to work. Right. You know, uh, this, this, I thought these folks was going to be with me. So I'm done. I'm going over to, I'm going over to Warren. I'm going to Gerard where yeah. nothing at, you know, that's the mistake we make because we decide to uproot ourselves. Right. You know, instead right. of right. gossiping where God planted us. Right. You know, um, but organically, when you do it organically, it, it, it tends to work out, but there are some that do it that is non-organic and it seems like it works out, but then you'll see over time, it, it just falls to the ground. You know, sometimes when you do it, when there's a church split, you have to be very, very careful. It's probably good to just wait. Why? You know what I mean? Give it some time. Give it some yeah. time because you don't want that stigma on you, you know, that you did it because this one and all of it, and you don't want to split anybody else's church. And see, what I started doing is people that come from other churches, you have to screen people. You almost have to do a background check. Where did you come from? Criminal Because I've had to call certain pastors and bishops and say, now listen, who is this person that we have here? Yeah. And do they need to go back? Did you release them? Did you you allow them? That's it. Because you don't ever want to you know, pastor nobody else's folks like that. That's just not. You don't want to be a part of someone's dishonor. No, man. If somebody come from a house of hope, I'm sending you right back because this is my brother. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you know, cross lines like that, but it's integrity. Right. We're and, in and that this matters, together. and we don't do that enough. We don't. If you just show up, and, and I'm at least going to talk to you. Yeah. And, and if, if I see that my questions are making you uncomfortable and you looking around and watching who's, don't put me on camera. All right. Right, right, right. Something's wrong. We need and, to talk. And, and one thing I didn't realize that came from my transition from my church to, to mm-hmm. second, mm-hmm. my home church to yeah. second, was people who felt like they needed to choose. Yeah. And they're brought into yeah. some valley That's of hard. decision. Yeah. Like, because they love you. Yeah. Sometimes they do see, hey, that young man could use my support. But they love I, you. I, but here they love me. 
Yeah. They, they love you there where you're at, or they want to be a part of the new thing that God is doing in you. But you're not sure if that love, that desire to help is God's will. Or they want you to play the keys. They want me is. to play drums. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Don't oh, preach. Yeah. Listen, don't preach. Listen, I want you to get back you, to doing this, what you were doing. Uh, and, 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 they, and they have a vision for you. For your whole life. For your whole life, for your ministry. And as long as you're doing what I'm comfortable with you doing. Period. Long as you stay little, I li- support you. You, you, you little Barry. I'm little George. I'm little. I'm like, no, there no, no. Go. This is Pastor Kent. I'm Reverend Johnson. You need to, uh, you know, meet us where we are, not because we're trying to be high and mighty, but because we cannot be who God has called us to be, trying to fit your box. Right. And there has been some people, maybe even just because of stylistic differences. Mm-hmm. I came from a full gospel Pentecostal expression of ministry yes. and Second Baptist was a traditional Baptist church. The spirit has moved in different ways and, yeah. and had moved before, but it was not where we were at. Mm-hmm. So there were some people I said, I just think that the way in which you operate and where God has gifted you, I think this where you are or some other house would be best. Plus, it would not be in my best interest trying to introduce a people to the move of God mm-hmm. with you flipping over pews, speaking in tongues the first three minutes of my sermon. You can like, fire. I, I, I'm done. Right. You, fire. Won't, you won't be there for the deacon meeting. Mm-hmm. And, and not to say that we would reject it all, but the harshness and the aggressiveness that you mm-hmm. might come, mm-hmm. that was your comfort there. Right. Is not how we are flowing here. Right. And, and have you ever had to counsel people who were, determined to support you or or sometimes trying to straddle the fence yes they want dual citizenship yeah and 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 it is my favorite phrase i want to come help you i'm called to help you help <laughs> and help means no commitment no commitment no come when i want period i'll help you however i want to help you and whenever right. and so it's hard to it's challenging to get individuals to understand that, you know, if God sent you here, he sent you here with an assignment, a purpose. Right. Right. So you have to see what that purpose is while you're here. But it's it's hard to get people to sink down their heels in the soil. Right. Yes. Yes. They don't want to plow necessarily. Absolutely. Not, not everybody. Because you, you get some people that's like, I'm ready. Which, whatever we doing, let's go. I'm, I'm in. You know? And those are people that you, you know, you're just so grateful for. But it's it's. It's something that you have to consistently model, right, you know, right. Uh, when you're planting, um, because the other side of it is you have different habits that you have to detox people from. Exactly. From church, yep. You know, yep. because we did it like this and it's yes. like, great, but this is where you are. This now. is where you are now. There's an easier right. way to do this. Yeah. Just follow this pattern. I ain't doing that. Yes. Well, you can't do it here. Your idea might be good for where you were and, and it could be good. Some things just work fine, but, but not if it's not what God of the called, vision. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. If it doesn't align with the vision, mm-hmm. uh, if, if it doesn't align with the vision, then even if it was the best idea ever, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of, as I call them, I had a sixth grade teacher and I've used this phrase repeatedly in preaching when he would warn us about multiple choice tests. Yeah. He would always say there's a right answer. There's a wrong answer. And then there's a good looking wrong answer. Yeah. There's an answer that looks like it would be right. Yeah. If you don't go through all the steps, if you try to skip through mm-hmm. the math equations, mm-hmm. it would make sense if you forgot to carry the two. Yeah. And that's what we run into where it's not that the idea, the, 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 the initiative, what they brought with them or what they think is 
bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not good for what God has established right. here. Right. And that really hurts a person who knows it's not bad. Mm-hmm. You know it's not bad, but they're not always at the place of maturity to know that that this is the way God wants us to do it here. And even we don't understand sometimes right. what God wants. If you think that it's because we have some master plan, half the time it. we it's don't. Like we're we're following God too. Yeah. You know, we're going to that unknown place. And it's some like, people think, well, you just got some agenda. I'm like, actually, I don't. I'm in the dark just like you. I'm he's, following he's him. He's taking my next, you know, my next steps. And, and that's a difficult thing because every human just has this feeling of comfort that that they operate in mm-hmm. and often following God and then add in the man of God or the woman of God. And you're following the man or woman of God as they follow God. Yeah. That just adds an extra sense of instability internally. We're mm-hmm. not secure w- with ourselves. And that that is not only a church plant issue. It's an established church issue. It is because I often said, you know, starting a church as a church plant is like buying a brand new suitcase and, and you're going to pack like like you want it. Taking over a church that has an established heritage and history. You already got stuff in that suitcase. It's like when my wife has packed a suitcase. Yeah. And she's like, all right, honey, I'm ready for you to put your stuff in. I'm like, <laughs> and where? Where? Between all these annual days and all of the things <laughs> yes. that are established. It's, it's, it's second usher board day and it's, it's Thursday your choir. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see how this shakes out. Uh, but Scott asked one more question. And by the way, for those of you watching, we've had a wonderful conversation with Pastor Kent Barnes, our guest co-host for Religiously Incorrect. If you have a question or a comment you'd like us to talk about something or a challenge associated with planting a church or having a newer ministry, make sure you type it in the comments, like, share. We got about 15 more minutes to go and we want to hear from you. Scott asked, what challenges come from established churches and what benefits? Now, I want to kind of plug into this. Okay. Whether you're a new pastor or a new church, mm-hmm. Pastor Kent already talked a little bit about there's just the opinions, the perspectives, even sometimes the nitpicking. Yeah, I I had testimonies from individuals who had no reason to lie, mm-hmm. who said Reverend so-and-so or Elder so-and-so said, ain't no use in going over there and joining you, you, you know, he going to up and leave y'all after a few years. You know, he going, oh, you know, man. don't, oh, don't, don't go over oh, there. That's that, not going to last. Oh, yeah. You know, that ain't going to last. And it's coming from don't people over there. who you wish would. I don't need you up my butt, but at least just be a God bless you supporter. None of that. And no. go on your way. No. You know, and but on the other hand, there are people who are excited mm-hmm. for what God is doing. Mm-hmm. They genuinely have a kingdom mindset. They want to see the church thrive. And I can honestly say before I became the pastor at Second, knowing that it was not in the best place, because church folk talk and preachers gossip the most. And you know that, hey, they're going through a trying time right now. You know, my good Reverend Hearns getting older and things were changing. If you know one of the pillar churches in your city is in a struggling place, that has birthed and had a big part of so many people's lives. If that brings you joy, something's wrong with something's you. Something's wrong. Your motive is wrong. And if you see a church plant, a new pastor who has felt the call of God, and, and you see him trudging through the mud and facing setbacks, and all you have is an I told you so, something's wrong. Something's wrong, so something's wrong with your mindset. Because honestly, I've always said, if you feel secure with your own ministry, why would you be intimidated I have a negative opinion about anybody else. Shouldn't be. You know, I mean, we're going to rag on you. I mean, I'm going to watch your service and talk about you. But I mean, <laughs> but, I mean but I'm not going to try to discourage anybody nah. unless you are literally teaching the doctrine of devils. Period. And you are just, you know, in some craziness. But traditional churches, there seems to be this feeling. And you talk to me about 
do you feel that certain areas like our own are oversaturated to where people feel like it's not so much that I have anything against you. Right. I just don't think we need any more churches because I've always been a church consolidation champion. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. Um, We face the the issue of we don't need another black preacher. Mm -hmm. We don't need another young black church. We got enough of that. You know, ain't none of y'all, nothing anyhow, all of those things. And, you know, you, you can't pay attention to all of the, the the negativity that comes with being black and pastoring in a, in a pandemic and in the 21st century. Right. There there there. We have to try to display the positive aspects. We have things coming against us every single day, trying to discourage us right. from the call of God, trying to discourage us and convince us that. There is no God. Yep. He didn't call you. There is no Bible, you know, all of these things. And so you try your best to, you know, you try your best to stay positive. Right. It's challenging at times because you want to get certain people told, but it's like, it's not even worth it because you can't hear. You know what I mean? And and if you would just come to my church, you would realize what's going on. That you never going to come. Right. No problem. Right. And, and to the point of that saturation, I've been a champion of consolidation, but I, I, I have a qualification to it. And that is no disrespect to the established traditional churches. And this might sound disrespectful anyway, but if anybody ought to throw in the towel. Well, you know, why push it at the guy that's still building? Yeah. As opposed to the people who've been dying and on life support for 25 Here years. How about you all think of ways to either you consolidate? With the let, let's you, you got oxygen. You got saints. <laughs> that ventilator gospel. And you are, I'd rather give the, the 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 one God has spoken to, and people will disagree. Give them a chance to put five or 10 years in, 15 years in. You've been in 50s and you haven't even read your season. Perhaps you should either be consolidating, being a spiritual father That's to someone and interim. We have you might even be giving your building or property to the next generation that could take you further. So I think because of our ambitions and I'm saying as a whole, as a body, as people, yeah, uh, as a people, we have mishandled the succession plan of the scripture. Imagine if Moses would have been jealous of Joshua. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all all you ain't gonna, I'm 120. Right, y'all right. coming. I didn't bring y'all over here for y'all can go. And I ain't can't go. You know, no. <laughs> y'all gonna die on this mountain right. with me. <laughs> Joshua, you ain't going nothing. You know, it, it's it's challenging because right. and, it, and it's not anybody's fault right now what I'm saying. Right. You know, some pastors were never taught how to deal with succession. Yes. Some pastors yes. got it when their pastor was on their last leg. And, and they many of them came in late. That's what I'm saying. They came in late. They started at the sixties, yeah, sixties yeah, and seventies. You right. know, they started and they don't know how. And then the other side of it is that see, there's always so many different sides. What if they can't trust the next generation? You know, what correct. I mean? So it just depends on the situation. But there are those who refuse to move. You know, God could speak. The Lord could come to church and say, "Your time is up. <laughs> You're done. I ain't going nowhere." <laughs> So, you know, you get, you get different right. challenges, you know, right, what I mean? right. But it's it's hard when you get those individuals that will not move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like there's that human error aspect. Right. God yeah. has spoken, but there's that human error. I ain't going nowhere. And y'all need to know. And I, I, we don't say this out of arrogance, but out of reality. There is more, at least in the natural sense, fertile ground in other places. Yeah. If it was about just human choice and studying markets and where we could thrive, there are people, just so y'all know, 
that if anybody is of any value in ministry and has an anointing on their life and a gifting in their life, trust me, people have tugged at us and said you or, or at least advise and i don't mean pulling and we got i people, guarantee they say, hey brother how come you're not in such i such guarantee a- you i had a a, 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 a a businessman say i'm just shocked that you even brought your ministry back here yeah why would you do that? why are you here you know what i mean and i have said no to more churches than i've said yes to right you know right that wanted me to come and i'm not talking about no storefronts all right right you know what i mean right but I was taught that every opportunity is not a God opportunity. Correct. You know what I mean? So I understand. See, that's another thing. You got to know what to say no to, even as a church planner. Right. You have to know what to say no to. We decided just like you all, we're not doing the PPP loan. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And what we say no to brings more meaning to what we've said yes to. You have to understand that. Are you sure this is? No. Yeah. No. So we're, we're, we're really not here to try to edge out anybody else or add to the no, saturation. We're here to no. follow God. And honestly, Period. if there's a saturation problem, it's more likely of those who stayed too long or left their churches wrong right. than those who have planted organically. And that's, that's the issue where the, 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 the bubble comes in. Since Elder Rosetta Carter uh, has a great question, and I think this is wonderful because Pastor Kent mentioned about being in Canfield. How have you fit outreach into your community and has that been a big component? And what does it look like in a more suburban, you know, upper class community like Canfield? Because when we think outreach, we, we, we think my neck of the woods. We think Highland Homes. We think, all right, we're going to do we it. Had to, have you done any Stop the Violence rallies? We, 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 well, we had to do some things differently because we've tried Things that other churches have tried. We've done the giveaways. We've done right. all the uh, giveaway, all all the kinds of things. And it's like in in Canfield, they, we they donate to, to you, right? Y'all need to So us. what we have done is we had to open up our perspective and give them an opportunity to serve. You wow. know what I mean? Wow. Give them an opportunity. What do we need? You know, how are we going to be a blessing to the community and give them an opportunity uh, to participate in that? Because they just want to be able to participate yeah. in something in that community. You know, it's not like it's, it's, it's not a need because there are some needs and believe it or not, there are some homeless people in Canfield. Wow. You know? wow. Um, there is, there is violence in Canfield. You right. know? There is sex trafficking in Canfield. There's right. a lot, there's drug abuse in Canfield. Canfield is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible, so it's terrible, terrible place to live. Maybe not the I'm same joking. issues, but it's a lot of the same issues that we have right. in the inner city. They're happening there, but the outreach there, it looks a little different, right. but the, the, being a African-American church there and one of the only ones that I know of, it's received on a whole different level. Wow. Like we were able to go to in our early years, we went to the police station and bought them lunch. And I that, remember. Yeah, yeah we, that was them. one of the first things that we did. Uh, and we did some other things. Um, and we don't really I got convicted because I was reading in the scripture and it said, let your almsgiving be done in private. You know, so, right, so right. I don't always broadcast everything that we're doing, but we were, we are able to be a blessing to children and to other families, you know, in, in the community and, and abroad and our members that are in other States and in other cities, they, they just send things, man. So that you can, you know, do, we did wow. a toiletry drive for babies and for uh, at-risk mothers. And we had stuff coming from Detroit, from California, man. It was amazing. Right. Um, so, but what the outreach looks like in Canfield is we 
you know, just give them an opportunity. And we even go over into Austin town. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. We go into Austin town and we did our food giveaway there uh, because we felt like that there was a greater need there. And that was a, a, a real blessing uh, there. So we, we have, um, we're preparing for some things now that the pandemic has shifted a lot of things. Our yes. outreach has changed right. uh, a great deal. Um, but we got some things that we got coming up for 2023 that we're going to be able to get back to right. uh, that we did. We did a large spring fest at YSU. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. At the, at the athletic center. Yes, at the, yes. Yes. And that was a great, we gave TVs away, school supplies and things of that nature. So we were, we had it scheduled, but the pandemic happened. And so, right. but we're able to, just be innovative in our in our outreach approach you right. know, to the community. We, we, we ask what are the needs at the schools? We ask, you know, where is where's the greatest need to the, the, the police station? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and so we, we just try our best to just be a light in the community. You know All I mean? communities have needs. And like Every you said, you mentioned these struggles. And again, we're joking, but not to tear down uh, uh, what we know is considered a, a, a nicer, but that everybody has challenges, but also they have a different culture yes like you said the culture of service uh and it's refreshing to know that everybody has a pocket of need no matter where it's at there are no homeless folk in beverly hills i yeah, mean you don't, don't let tv fool yeah, you exactly but, but but by the same token you do have to know the ground god has called you to so that you're not trying to do south side of youngstown ministry and we had to change it. Camp, you have to because we that had, we tried that and it's right, like right. that's not going to work it's a here. different feel it's a different because context. some things that we do might be offensive in a community oh, or in oh, a oh, culture yeah. we're gonna rap to you today right. y'all come to our uh come what? to our, our hip-hop block party <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be there alone and you're going to get the police. Little white kids What's going on here? Dancing. Right. You know, but, but that, that's, that's refreshing to know, but, but, but also we are so stuck on the broken mentality that we only know how to minister and preach to people right. who are broke down, addicted, you know, busted. You're poorer than us. Well, what happens when most of your neighbors are not poorer than you? What, what happens, what happens when they're rich, when they're rich, what's your gospel then? Because they're sitting there like, what are you talking about? And when we know church plants, we're talking storefronts. We're, we're talking in, inheriting someone's closed down church building in the middle of the hood. But you are planted on 224, one of the busiest streets in the nation. Yep. Surrounded by thriving businesses and continual build outs and brand new developments as yep. well as legacy homes. And so that's a whole different culture that requires an entire different anointing and even thought process. A whole different strategy on how do you people. tap into right. that? Because we're so conditioned that we got to struggle for the resources to be there. I'm in a the community, they're there they're and there. they're not going anywhere. Right. So how do we as a growing church tap into that because you can't wait until the members come because they may never come. They may never come that you know, way. They don't go to church like that. Right. And for in my case, I'm at three o'clock every Sunday. I was just going to mention it. There you go. I'm at three o'clock. You're, you're so I'm going time. against the grain of everything because three o'clock in the afternoon is an absolutely abnormal time for church. I'm it's hard for our folks. To I'm get, asleep. You know, it's okay. I'm on a chicken. You already you. in the bed, you watching the, and, and don't let the game be on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No men at church yeah. at all. You just, you just do a halftime show, you know, and, and, and because of this, the, the circumstance that we're in, we're blessed to be able to be where we are, but why are you at three o'clock? And because that's the time I'm able to be there. If I was, if I was going to do a 10, I'd be in there with another church. Right. And, and which brings to mind a question, just you're honest, like you may not know now, 
But let's say you had your building mm-hmm. that was yours. Yeah. Would you go back to the traditional model in times or would you still look for ways to maybe meld the traditional service time and I schedule would do both. or do a bit of both? I would try to do both. Um, I would do probably maybe a 1030 or an 11. And then I would still do a three o'clock try to do, if yeah. I could, um, because we, we get a lot of people that's, you know, just getting off work that miss their traditional service. Correct. Or we get the people that's hung over you oh, know, and there still it is. want a service. There you know it what is. I mean? And so we want, listen, come on, you know, and we're not in church all day. There was a lot of things that when we decided that we were going to pastor, that we were going to change, you know, we didn't want 150 offerings. There it Take is. One, you know, we don't beg, you know what I mean? Nothing against those that do beg. That's I will your beg. Thing. I will beg. Um, you know, we ask and, you know, you know, great. God no told problem. me to tell you there's a $5,000 blessing <laughs> in this room right now. <laughs> And and you need to give that seed or, or you're going to be cursed. So we, we, we're not in church all day either because we, we really, really focus on family. You know, family is very important to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. You know, and so we don't want, you know, to be in church 100 hours and you don't get nothing out of it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We try to keep the service moving. We try to keep it fun and, and free and things of that nature, but structured as well. Yes. Yes. Stable, you know, and mature. You People know appreciate. Mean? Uh, at this time, especially with the attention spans yeah, where man. people are at with our online presentation, I just said to a brother after church today, I said, honestly, and, and take it how you want it. A lot of churches should probably go on ahead and come back offline. Period. Because the presentation is not built. For it's the embarrassing. It's, 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 we know it. It's like being at grandma's house. You got ways about you that only the people who Getting are engaged. On camera. <laughs> <laughs> Stole your your stealing your uh, rings on camera, yeah, but but even just some things that are not palatable for. But you guys run a very well run organized uh, uh, something we've heard at our church, and pandemic helped push us in this direction. The things that we removed, but yet preserved the spirit of. Yeah. We we found ways to streamline while still maintaining the traditions. We still sing a hymn. We still do. But I'm not giving my deacons 25 minutes of devotions at the beginning. Right. That used to be more like just a warm up. And, and it wasn't like to diminish them, but it was just not conducive to sit there and do that on Facebook mm-hmm. and then start a service the, the normal way. And people appreciate a streamlined service. They do. A service where you have to explain more mm-hmm. because we live in an unchurched and irreligious society so and that was when shocking, i say it's man. time for altar prayer and they're like what's an altar and what it is was prayer? shocking to me to understand that we had to shift a lot of what we do and now start to disciple people very the automatic christian flavor that sort of colored our community especially the african-american community got hit in the face with this because white communities one pastor finally said uh at, at a convention i was at that we're always 15 to 20 years behind mm. our white contemporaries and so they dealt with their exodus and are still dealing with it we are just now seeing the first real generation of people who are just like i ain't in none of this and i wasn't raised on it so the last generation which i have a lot of that my middle agers they were raised on it and drifted away from it. And at some point in life, they're going to come back to it. Mm-hmm. If they, if the God so graces them yes. to come back, this is the generation that they raised that raised them while they walked away from it. They was at home playing they, at home or playing Nintendo. Right. And so now I'm like, I have to get up. And instead of just letting the deacon come up and pray when it's time for him to pray, I have to say, this is the time in our service. You have to explain where we pray together. And, and this why? is what we call intercession, which means we pray for one another. We pray for our sick shut in, those who and I got to stop using church terms 
I have to use more general. I had one minister. I literally said, just like, try to work on your church ease. Try to work on not giving. And we go, amen. And then we go, amen. And then we go, amen. No, no, no. Just say, we're going to take an offering now and give our gifts to the Lord. Just say that. Because all this other quoting in this new world, especially the church plant. And it takes you into a whole different direction. It takes you to a whole different direction. And people appreciate it and don't know what what, what they've missed. But, But Pastor Kent, what Innovation Life Church is doing in this season, I think it's amazing. Appreciate that. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, we, we watch and we, we, we uh, you know, supported your, your yes. 40th, anniver- uh, yes. 40th anniversary, 40th uh, birthday, yes. which was a dynamic service. Nobody had a birthday service for me, and I'm a little bitter about that, <laughs> and I want my members to know that. Well, I, I, I said I, want I wanted know. the service because I, I didn't want no party. I'm not a party yeah. guy. I don't want no surprise party. I don't want it. My you church know, line. I will it. leave. My church will wobble. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I ain't in, got nothing against it. I ain't doing it, but I ain't got nothing against it. You're not going to hell if you wobble or, you my, know. My church will not shout, but they will wobble. Hey, it's brother, just, you know, it's, just, it's okay. It's, it's culture. It's the Baptist way. It's okay. And they'll cut you out. It's okay. You know, <laughs> I guess they said somebody got to do it. Somebody got to Somebody need to hear this. Somebody now, come on over here. Pastor, you go in the office. Pastor, you go in the back room. We got this. I'm going to handle this. <laughs> but, man, it's been real. You know, we man, pray awesome, blessings man. for you and Lady Camille. Thank you, man. You guys are welcome anytime. I'm surprised she didn't pop on here. And uh, She probably and, got and, the kids and, doing she something. She probably got the kids. She, she probably them. on here silently she, she She beating them. Hey, baby, <laughs> if you watch it. <laughs> oh, probably. I'm surprised you became popped on yet, but man, it's been a pleasure Thanks. and a joy. We, we're going to have Thanks you on again. Me, please, please. Uh, I'd love go to come check here. out Innovation Life Church. Please. Sundays at three o'clock. Three o'clock. Give Every them Sunday. the address. Tell them where to come. 4478 Boardman Canfield Road, right there in Canfield, Ohio. We're right across the street from Bob Evans and right in that plaza where Bellino's Tire is. All of our services are held at Grace Family Church. That's how you can find us. You'll see all of our signs out there. Grace Family Church. We're right there at three o'clock every Sunday. There's a seat waiting for you. Listen, get you some biscuits. <laughs> get the tires rotated and go to church. All right. That's your that's your assignment. Get you some biscuits. Get your tires rotated. We'll have you out before the tires we'll have are you out before the tires are rotated. <laughs> go get an oil change and go to church. Hey man, let me say stop. this. We yes, appreciate sir. you and your wife and the work that you're doing here in our city is absolutely outstanding, man. Appreciate outstanding, it, man. man. Appreciate you know, it. we were together in ministry at Agape, yes, and we've been in yes. ministry for years. For bands, didn't get paid. Absolutely. Didn't, absolutely. We, we were exploring anything, brother. We just got, <laughs> we, we took pictures <laughs> with you two together, you know. <laughs> but we pray blessings upon you and yes, uh, the House of Hope, man. We appreciate everything that you're doing for for our generation and and in this this city, man, you're making a massive difference, man. And we just appreciate everything you do as well, man. God is good. God is good. Big Mike, you got anything you want us to hit on? We got Thanks, more Big comments. Mike. Big Mike is, is, is our, uh, okay, I'll hit that. Big Mike is our, our producer. Uh, you know, if you guys enjoyed the show, continue to like, share, comment, follow us on Facebook, please, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you do your social media. You can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will be uploaded uh, usually within 24 hours and continue to spread the word about religiously incorrect. We're bringing it real, raw and uncut. We got a special announcement. One of our wonderful partners on the show that helps us out, sent this our way. We want you to show some love to Pastor Paul and Lady Priscilla Ringel the Shalom Church of God in Christ in Warren, Ohio. They're holding the Torch Youth Conference at the Warren First Church of the Nazarene. Special guest speakers, Apostle Herman L. Murray from Texas, Bishop Rodney Roberts, 
uh, September 1st and 2nd. Check out that youth conference, raising up a generation that will obey. And Lord knows we need some children that will obey. Please. We need to bring back paddling. Yes. We, we, we need to bring back sitting on the first row with church mothers. We need to bring and back Nod Hines. Nod Hines. Uncle Listen, Nod. Uh, Nod we'll, my, my uncle. We'll knock you out, cut yes, you out. sir. And then tell you he loves you, mate. Yes. But, but yeah, we, we need <laughs> some club. of that. Check out the Torch Conference. We appreciate you all. Absolutely. Don't forget to support our sponsors at Phillips Care Family of Businesses, Phillips Care Training, Phillips Care uh, Lawn Care, Phillips Care Cleanup, and I forgot what they even call Phillip themselves. Just, just, just Phillips. Everything. Just, they do everything. Okay. They, they'll, they'll do a heart transplant. What, what, what you need? You, you, you need a car, listen, Tesla, whatever you need. Whatever you need. <laughs> Big Mike, we got anything else we need to say? And thank you guys for joining. Continue to watch, share, and be blessed. See you next week for Sunday night service.